Good morning. You the herd on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, Jason Pajak. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. You know, it was a long weekend, but uh, you know, still standing, still here. We're still here, and uh, we got the intern in house as well, Andrew. How are you doing, Andrew the intern? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Neil. <laughs> Is this your first time on the mic? Or yeah. okay, here, here we go. Yes, it's my first time. Okay, he has his own hockey podcast oh. as well. So, uh, do knows how to talk hockey, which uh, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, today. Because Jason, you spent uh, the weekend in the Flem with uh, our men's hockey team, uh, going toe to toe with the Regina Cougars uh, that Friday night, just dropping it uh, by one. But I mean, some exciting games for sure. Some mm-hmm. flurry of goals in both games and. Uh, I mean, we talk about it every week with this team. Definitely up and down. You, they can give you their their best on some weeks, and yep. sometimes uh, then they they take it to or they lose to teams that you would think they would win. So, I'll start with you. What did you see this weekend, and uh, where does it mean in the grand scheme scheme part of me of the and of their season? Well, this is a this could potentially. Um, I don't want to like throw anything out there, but this weekend could be the difference this could be the game the series that you look back on and say okay this this is where they miss the playoffs right um they're still in the hunt they're still in a playoff spot right now but they had the chance to clinch with a pair of wins over regina and obviously that didn't necessarily happen um so now they have to play very very well and stay ahead of ubc and regina playing the top two teams in the conference the next two weeks. They play Saskatchewan this weekend and Alberta the next weekend. So they're in a very difficult spot. Um, but all credit to Regina this weekend. They came in. They we were talk, Evan and I were talking about it in the pregame show on Friday. They need to play desperate hockey. They, are, they were close to a playoff spot. They are now in a playoff spot. Um, but they need to play desperate, hard hockey to make the playoffs. And they came out and they... Did that, you know? They got down three nothing in on in Friday's game after the first period. Rallied from that, won the game in the shootout, and then just came out in force on Saturday and just kind of walked away with the win there. And all credit to Brandon Holpe, kind of an underrated goaltender in Canada West. I think right now is one of. I think Matt Berlin is still the best goaltender in Canada West right now, um, but. Definitely, Brandon Holpe is up there. He's a fantastic goaltender. He keeps you in games. Uh, we talked about it on the weekend, like the conversation that I had with Teebs last Thursday. You know, him and Alicia Anderson, like w- what could their careers have been if they were in a different spot with a team that was more offensively powerful instead of defensively powerful? Um, but yeah, it was kind of like the Brandon Holpe show, especially Friday him staying in after that third period at the final two minutes of that first period uh, and coming into the second and just taking that game over and helping his team win. So it was a make or break weekend for the Bisons. And now the future is in up in the air moving forward. Without a doubt. You, uh, you said it there, the, the, what a tough road too. yeah. Having to go through Saskatchewan and Alberta, this was the weekend Mm -hmm. to clinch it. And, uh, as the standings go right now, there's no X beside Manitoba or Regina, but they are sitting there at five and six. Again, top six teams in Canada West are going to make the playoffs and, uh, nine, 12 and three are Bison set eight, 13 and three right behind them are the Cougars and 
yeah, a huge weekend. Goaltender standing on their head. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does it say about a goalie? Andrew, you could probably chime in this too, but staying in after letting three goals in kind of thing and mm-hmm. and then winning the game when yeah. down to a shootout too like that is such an incredible yeah. performance from a goalie which is i mean from my perspective just such a mental grind to get through that exactly that's exactly it tells me two things the first thing as you said mentally tough he hope he has this composure to his game he, you know that the the dylan Thiessen goal to make it three nothing He's going to want that one back. You know, it went off his glove, popped up behind him. That It was kind of just a routine uh, throw it at the net and go off for a change um, type shot. Um, it's one that easily should have been gloved down and played, but it went off his glove awkwardly, wound up in the back of the net. The fact that he went into the dressing room, rallied, came back, and just showed that mental toughness to just say, okay, that period happened. I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to play the rest of this game. And the other thing that it tells me is that the coaching staff has such faith in him to come back and have a great performance, to come back and help his team win that game and not let very very much through the rest of the way. You know, it speaks to his abilities, it speaks to the the mental toughness that he has, and it speaks to the faith that the coaching staff has in him to help them win games. Andrew? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's just what I was thinking after giving up a bad 3 nothing goal that the coach has faith mm-hmm. in him. to Like, how many coaches would have pulled him at that point? A lot of them, probably. And uh, that's what we were expecting coming out into the second period. We, th- we thought that his night was over, but... The mix of his composure, composure and the coach's faith in him, and he gets the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's big time. And uh, again... To have that mental toughness, I mean, these aren't, I mean, they're young adults for sure. I mean, but they're not professional hockey players by any means. And to, to go through that, to slug through that and, mm-hmm. and hold out 5-4 into the shootout, I mean, that what an incredible performance and, and one that they needed, as you alluded to uh, previously, Jason. Uh, but taking it in the shootout, there's a little bit of discrepancy as far as the penalty goes. You want to bring us yeah. through that right at the end okay. there? Um, yeah, so Connor Chalk um, took a cross-checking minor at the end, near the end of the 3-on-3 overtime. So he was in the box. Bisons couldn't put it away. Um, then shootout happens. Nine shooters go. Chalk steps up, walks in, puts it low blocker on uh, Tyler Brown wins the game and then just walks straight off. I still love that highlight because he just <laughs> comes down the side and goes straight out the door. Um, so the Bisons were not happy, uh, especially Coach Mike Sarant. They were not happy because they thought because he was in the penalty box that he should not have been allowed to shoot in the shootout. If you look at the Canada West rules, the only reason a player is not allowed to shoot in a shootout if they've been penalized is if they're serving a 10-minute misconduct because they're not supposed to be on the ice at that point. They're supposed to be in the dressing room. Um, so that's the only reason that he should not have been able to shoot. The Bisons thought that because he was serving a penalty, he wasn't allowed, but obviously Regina knows the rules a little bit better. Um, so that was kind of the the argument there. But you know, by Canada West rules, Chalk was allowed to shoot, and he made the most of it. Insane. It's... Uh, <laughs> and. I, I, it makes sense because in a lot of other leagues, that's the rule. That right. if you're in the penalty box, you can't shoot. That's the international rules. That's the NHL rules. It's just that Canada West is a little bit different in that respect. 
Yeah, it's one of those logic things, I feel like, you know, where the rule is what it is, yeah. regardless if um, anyone's aware of it or not, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's great that the officials were, right? Yeah. And, but I also don't blame Coach Sarant at all for being upset about it because it, it does seem like a logic thing where, yeah, yeah this player's out by his account. Like, he was the one that committed the penalty, right? But uh, tough... Uh, Tough loss, for sure. And then, mm-hmm. especially going into the next day, starting off slow, uh, down five goals, if I'm not mistaken, before yeah. that flurry in uh, in the third. I mean, going forward, thinking about that t- that game and how much did it matter, do you believe in the Bisons able to rally in the next four games? I mean, if we're thinking about it, if we're looking at, pa- at the past, right, um, they're in incredible trouble. They've struggled against Saskatchewan. Um, Taron Cozen scores goals now, apparently. They have a goaltender that can score goals. Um, but this is a fantastic Saskatchewan team that they're going to be facing this weekend. They have the home ice advantage. Manitoba does play a lot better at home than they do on the road. It's going to be very difficult to take those games. And then they're going into Edmonton, where historically Manitoba has not fared well. They can play Alberta when they're at home. That's the the one thing. If you look at the history between those two teams, when Alberta comes here, they have a, a tough time winning games in Wayne Fleming Arena or sweeping series at the very least. Manitoba, it's the complete opposite when they go to Edmonton. They cannot win a game to save their lives. Hopefully, in the situation they're in, they're going to play with a lot more desperation, especially with you know the, for the senior guys on that roster. This is their last shot. It's their last shot to make the playoffs, uh, to... to to exercise the demons from last year and come out and have a good run at it. This is their last shot, so I'm hoping that they're going to really pull it together. Like The, the chances, it's there. Um, this team can win. They've proven that they can beat the best teams in the conference. They, they split with Calgary. They split with Alberta. Uh, they played very well against Mount Royal. So it's just up to them to come out and play these last two weekends. And, I mean, a split in both weekends would go so far yeah. looking at the standings even because, yeah, UBC, they're still 6-13-5. They're four points behind Manitoba right now. And getting those splits would be mm-hmm. so big to keep afloat uh, right there at the bottom of uh, the playoff picture. And uh, great transi- transition there, Jason. Uh, the seniors, their last home games coming up next weekend. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating senior night on the Saturday. Adam Henry, Sean Christensen, Jonah Wozlak. I mean, you've covered these guys for uh, longer than most. I mean, anything to say as far as... Uh, we, we don't say goodbye to them as far as putting yeah. words or anything, but uh, you watching them grow up with the Bisons on their chest mm-hmm. going into their last home weekend. Yeah, I, I want to start with Adam and Sean because we talk about them all the time on the broadcast. They are the Keith Seabrook pair of this team. They've been together their entire careers. They they are just all-world defensemen, Adam especially. He is, he's definitely got that captain clutch mentality. You saw it last year a little bit, and you've definitely seen it this year. The goal that he scored on Saturday. <laughs> play just, of the week. Play of the week, a couple ankle breakers, and he just rips it in. Like He is the guy that you can throw out there in any situation and say, okay, he's got this. He is like... We mentioned it. Um, we mentioned it talking about Colton Veloso, but looking for that next Brett Stoven type, who is kind of just two hundred foot player, does everything right. 
you know, plays both sides of the puck very well. Adam Henry does that from the back end. Like he he leads the charge up the ice in transition. He plays amazingly in his own zone. He's not afraid to be physical. He's got this offensive awareness that just as a defenseman just boggles my mind. I don't know how he makes some of the decisions decisions that he does. Um and then paired with Sean, who who graduated last year, came back to play that fifth year and really solidified the back end for this Bison's team. With those two gone, it's going to be a completely different look for that defensive core next year. Uh, you're losing two kind of, not well, I could say two legends of this program. Five years together doing everything right. It's going to be a massive hole moving forward. And then for Jonah... Just the step that the step he took this year alone, we saw the glimmers of his abilities, his his puck handling. Um, we all know for a long the history of his physicality and the edge that he plays with. Um, you know, drawing penalties and you know him and Liam Bilton were kind of like the physical force, just the protectors of this team. But then seeing him take the step this year, being a leader, being more vocal, um, being you know. You know, being the, the quarterback of the play a little bit more, you know, leading the charge for this team a little bit more, it was amazing to see him take that step and show the player, the, the more complete player that he is, that we just really haven't been able to see. So it's three guys, three complete players, three guys that are fully developed. They could jump into a, a minor league roster tomorrow, and I would not bat an eye. And losing them is going to be, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be sad to say goodbye, but... They're on to bigger and better things. Big skates to fill, absolutely. And if I've learned anything from uh, talking with uh, Coach Sarant over the past couple of years is that he doesn't give those letters out lightly. No. And uh, all three of them, with a, with a letter in their final season, uh, well-deserved by all accounts. And dealing with uh, all three of them off the ice kind of thing, they... They're just great dudes. Yeah. They're really great dudes, and uh, you you said it well. They they do it all on the ice, and it's really cool to see players become complete players mm-hmm. in their five years. It could go by really fast. I mean, I'm sure they would be the first people to say that. Yeah. And uh, even just trying to go right now, and we're, we're putting together their tribute videos, and their 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 depth of their career from from not playing and Sean scoring his first goal in his third year kind of thing and and the and the guys that they've been paired with and them together right and J- Jonah's trajectory for sure like it's really crazy for five year bisons to kind of mm-hmm. come to an end and uh it's it's going to be a special night on senior night uh come that Saturday uh no easy way to transition uh from for their last games but Andrew in studio He's been with us for the last month or so. It's kind of crazy how time has flies. Speaking of, yeah, January 28th. It's really flown, yeah. It's been crazy. But uh, part of the broadcast media program at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Louis Riel Arts and Technology School, School of? The Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. Ah, Center. Jeez. Yeah. Very Whoa. close. What a mouthful. What a <laughs> mouthful. But uh, um, how's your experience been so far? With Bison Sports, I know you reached out to us uh, yeah. wanting to uh, wanting to work with us. So, I mean, this past four weeks or so, how's your experience been? Yeah, it's been everything I could have really hoped for. Like, just from the beginning, everybody was so welcoming. And I felt the tra- even in the first week, I felt the transition was really easy. Um, a lot of the skills I learned over the last year are really applicable. And it was just a lot of stuff I was comfortable with doing. 
And when you when you have those skills and you're working with people that are so nice and willing to help you, like you, of course. Appreciate that. It's uh, yeah, it's been really good. Now, how did you get into broadcast media? Because it's it, it's definitely a niche thing, right? And the program is still in its infancy, right? Four or five years, yeah. and it's just getting going. We're very lucky to work with a lot of um, different. Uh, camera people that have come along and work with us on our game day broadcasts and all of these students are coming not only prepared and willing to work but very knowledgeable and intuitive as far as as using the cameras and making getting the right shots for the broadcast and and focusing on the right people and stuff like that so how did how did you get into this program why did you get into this program so broadcasting was something I was thinking about even in high school. I just I wasn't quite sure where I could have gone. I thought about Creecom, but that didn't work out. But then one of my good friends, Kim, uh, she recommended the broadcast media program. She actually works at one of the production companies, Dome Productions, where she does graphics for um, some NHL games. So yeah, so it's obviously worked out really well for her, and she held the program in really high regard. So I took it, and yeah, it was, I was really glad I did. It was a really good decision. Now, did you go into it with sports in mind? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 100%. That was always, yeah. And, like, of course, they're, like, all the stream, all, like, the live broadcasts they do, they're all sports. So right. it was, yeah, it, that was really, really fun to learn. And um, before, like, before my first games that I did here, I hadn't done a live broadcast in a month. So it's really it was really nice to get back into it. Well, that's awesome. Do you have an end goal, a dream job that you want as far as mixing broadcasting and sports? Well, as like I've done camera editing here and I really like those two things, but the the dream you gotta job... You got to pick Rogers or Bell. You have to, <laughs> right now, you have to figure it out. Rogers or oh, I guess Bell if I have to choose right now, but Rogers if they choose me. <laughs> That's the right answer. There you and, go. And, but... Um, Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I got lost. What was the question? What what would you really want to do? You know, like, I think, uh, I mean, me and Jason can both come at this in different ways, but Mm -hmm. trying to carve out a niche in sports, um, whether it's doing it for free for a long time and maybe finding part-time jobs. Um, like I know I started with, with webcasting here, right? Very similar to the stuff you learning yeah. that you're learning. Jason, you walked into the Manitoban. Yeah. <laughs> and I luckily walked into a paying job, at least for the first uh, few years. So, Right. We all have these like different paths, and you're just at the beginning of yeah. yours, right? Uh, very young, um, get, getting, some, getting some great opportunities uh, early in your career, which is going to be starting in a week, Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's that end goal like what would you really want to spend your time doing and making money doing yeah like as as much as i do like camera editing the main goal would be something involved in the conversation of sports whether that's writing reporting kind of anything where i'm in or radio like anything where i'm in the conversation of sports that would definitely be my goal because it's just what i love talking about any advice jason because you're right in the conversation yeah um really the one thing is like the something that I brought up a few times is the advice that uh, Elliot Friedman gives a lot of people. It's just like working in sports is not a nine to five job. If you think that you're going to work Monday to Friday, nine to five, and that's it, you are, you need to find a different vocation because this is, it becomes everything. Like, you know, things are constantly coming up. You're constantly just like having to hustle and work and, you know, carve out the, the time and space for yourself. Um, It's just, you know, yeah, you just need to be dedicated and you've got to love what you do. Um, I've been afforded a lot of amazing opportunities and, you know, 
you know, just saying yes to basically everything that's come my way has been very beneficial for me. Um, but we are in kind of it's a weird we're in this weird space where, you know, on the one side, kind of the more traditional side is on the downturn. But then there's this new media side that's on the upswing where, you know, things like The Athletic are proving that there is a market out there for long form written pieces for the the kind of the smarter quote unquote hockey stuff. Um, meanwhile, like newsrooms and like CBC, they're kind of taking taking a step away from covering sports because for them it's it's a cost thing. You're getting robots to write their recaps. And yeah, that's <laughs> how it feels sometimes. Um, you know, no no offense, but. Um, actually, a conversation that I had with the managing editor uh, at CBC Manitoba is that, you know, everything sports-related runs through Toronto now. It's all been moved. You know, all of the individual spots have taken their sport, have just gutted their sports department, and now it's all run through the national side. Um, you know, Rogers and Bell have cornered the market in a lot of ways on the broadcasting side, so you kind of have to get in with them. So we're in this weird position where... You're not sure where the industry is going, but having the faith to just stick with it and say, this is my dream. This is my thing. If I have to become a blogger and just grind at it for a couple of years until somebody gives me a shot, then that's fine. Um, and that's the thing. Like, just stick with it. You're, it's, it's not an easy road by any means, but it is a very rewarding road. That's kind of journalism. Like, working in a newsroom, journalism is this amazingly rewarding Position just having you know people come up to you and say, "Oh, I read your stuff and I absolutely love it." Or like uh, Murat from the Athletic tweeted out one of my articles last week, oh, and wow. I was on cloud nine, just like walking around. Like I, he follows me on Twitter and he likes my tweets every once in a while. But like him actually like putting his stamp of approval on my work—that's exactly what it is. Exactly, it's is. just like you're you're flying high. You're just like okay, now I feel legitimized here yeah, he's just such a good example of one of the new age writers exactly just the way that he handles everything it's not like rote and it's not following the checklist of things that you need to do it's like it's entertaining but it's also intelligent and just really well done yeah so that's kind of my my whole thing is it like it's it's not a job and it's not a an industry for everybody obviously the, the three of us in this room we are, you know, not to toot our own horns, but we are a different type of person because this is what we chose. Yeah. This is the life that we chose. It's not going to be easy. It is not going to be, we're not going to, you know, have our weekends free to go hang out with our friends and like grab a drink or whatever. It's, it's very different for us. And, you know, that's fine. Do you have any people that you look up to right now, Andrew? Oh, there's lo oh, there's lots of like uh, say Neil. Well, no, but I mean like in the industry, <laughs> right? In, in I mean Murat, yeah. Murat's a great example, yeah. right? Yeah. He, honest to God, was the reason I subscribed to the Athletic yeah, because I, I I need to read the guy's what hero. he has to say about the Jets. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously the big ones like El Elliot Friedman is mm -hmm. really really good. Um, one of the early people in hockey media that I started paying attention to like years and years ago. Do you know who uh, Steve Dangle is? Oh, oh Steve Dangle. Yes. Let's go. That was, that that, was, that's a great example. That was, he just started on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan of his for a long time, and I still listen to his podcast, and him, Adam, and Jesse, they do such a good mm -hmm. job. Like, Steve and Elliot, and also Adam as well, like, they are three examples that I kind of use um, as 
like when people when like young journalists come to me and they're like okay how do i do this how do i get started like we're in such a great place where like you can anybody can start a blog right now like steve started making youtube videos in his basement working at a, at the toronto zoo no production quality no just. production quality just like him screaming at a camera and now he's on the red carpet at the nhl all-star game with austin matthews yeah with austin matthews he's friends with austin matthews's parents yeah um elliot friedman didn't graduate didn't have a degree he just like he was at western started doing the writing then he's like okay I'm going to go do this thing at the score. And that has like led him all the way through. I'm Malak, the editor-in-chief of the Manitobans, always saying, you know, you don't need a degree to be a journalist. You just need to do good work. It's great to have a degree. I, I'm very happy that I have a degree and I'm almost done my second. But, um, you know, he's the perfect example of like, if you just, if you do good work, people will find you. And then finally, Adam, who, if people don't know, his mom is Marilyn Dennis, yeah. <laughs> uh, a Canadian celebrity, and he basically based his entire career on, I'm not going coast to coast off my mom's name. And he carved out his own career and his own path, and now he is, you know, he's an incredibly successful broadcaster. So those three are just like perfect examples of if you do good work, people will people are watching and people will find you yeah and another thing i really like about those guys is so much of the old age hockey guys are so boring but it's really nice that they have fun with it yes and they really show their personality and i think that's got to be what everybody's getting on because mm-hmm. hockey is a kid's game at the end it's supposed to be fun yeah well you're well on your way andrew and it's been an absolute pleasure having you it's been it's, having a student that can absolutely help like a paid employee is uh, incredible, especially on a busy time of year at the the end of seasons, helping uh, find all these uh, clips for the seniors and stuff like that. Uh, it's been uh, endlessly helpful, so I appreciate it and uh, appreciate the thoughts as well, uh, Jason. Because yeah, I I love what you said there. If if you want to work in sports, it's it's a it's a different kind of dedication, right? Yeah. It's a different kind of time dedication and. Uh, that has to work with your family, with your close friends, and, and if it doesn't, uh, you kind of have to, it, it, in a tough way, you have to choose. Yep. And uh, I also love the idea of just doing what you love for free at the beginning. Um, I know like I started with doing podcasts in my basement and, and mixing YouTube channels, and I used to mix NBA highlights, and now I'm getting paid to do it for Bison athletes kind of thing, right? So everyone kind of starts somewhere, and... Those small little things, whether it's getting a retweet from Rant and Dangle getting mm-hmm. his first shout out, whether it was on like the score or something oh, like yeah. that, you know, um, these little things happen. And then all of a sudden you have a career and uh, it's kind of crazy. But uh, sometimes you just got to put in that free work because you love mm-hmm. it. That will do for us this week on uh, Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM. Thanks for sticking with us. It's playoff t- time. <laughs> My goodness. A uh, <laughs> couple, couple weeks and uh, we're getting right into the thick of the Canada West playoffs and we'll talk to you next week regarding that. Stick here on 101.5 UMFM.